0: This Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to the Golden Edge podcast sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue BlueWire. Here's your host, Ben Goetz.
1: What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review-Journal talks about hockey. I am Ben Goats, your Golden Knights review journal beat writer back again by myself because, you know, as much as we might want to take a break in August, as much as we might want some downtime to kind of figure things out, take the temperature of things, see what we're going to do next year. The Knights just keep doing stuff. So we got to record again. The Knights have made a trade in the last week which means we've heard from general manager kelly mccrimmon again after he talked last week about the phil castle signing i talked to bruce cassidy uh this week in an exclusive interview that's up at reviewjournal.com uh, right now we got uh, a kind of sorta uh, mark stone update uh, so a lot of kind of news and notes to get into on today's episode there just is no downtime it appears uh for this team but before we dive into everything i just want to remind everyone uh, that, the Golden Edge Podcast, is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Uh, we are also presented uh, by the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. I mentioned the nights have been super busy in August. We've got stories up uh, on everything up on our website, including, as I mentioned earlier, that Bruce Cassidy uh, exclusive interview. I did an interview with Rick Talkett about Phil Kessel for Monday's paper. And that, I think, story is really fun and interesting. I think you guys are going to really like it. The story that I kind of include that Taki told me off the hop there. So uh, please check out all of that once again uh, at review, ReviewJournal.com. And we are also presented by Blue Wire. And also, if you guys could rate or review, subscribe, uh, whatever you do, podcast, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. All right, let's dive into the latest thing the Knights did uh, in August because after re signing a bunch of restricted free agents, after announcing goaltender Robin Leonard is going to miss the entire year because of double hip surgery. After they signed Phil the Thrill Castle and said Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois were going to be their goalie tandem a week ago, basically, they still had another move ultimately up their sleeve late Monday afternoon, like right before 5 o'clock. They acquired goaltender Aiden Hill in a trade with the San Jose Sharks for a 2024 fourth-round pick. It is just absolutely nuts uh, how active this team uh, has been in August. I feel like I've said that on this show so far, but it's still true now. So we're going to break down this latest thing before the next thing uh, potentially happens. So who is Aiden Hill? I think a lot of you are probably wondering. A big guy, big goalie, listed at six foot six, two hundred fourteen pounds. He's twenty six years old. Uh, has been in the NHL for five seasons, but in that time he has not seen you know a ton of action. Uh, He made 22 starts last year and made 25 appearances. Those were both uh, career highs. And then he actually suffered a lower body injury. And then he played only one game last year after January 22nd. So he was basically missing uh, a big chunk of the second half of the year. Kind of like a guy like Laurent Brassois has not ever really been asked to carry a significant workload uh, at the NHL level. But will kind of come in and probably compete. Four starts with Thompson and then Persuade eventually when he gets healthy from his off-season hip surgery. Uh, Hill's numbers, I would say okay, not great. Last year, 10, 11, and 1 with a 906 save percentage and a 2.66 goals against average for uh, a Sharks team that Knights fans, I'm sure, are uh, very well aware was not very good last year and has not been good for the past couple of years. Uh, so, San Jose had three main goalies last year. They had James Reimer, who was actually a trade target that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, they had Capo Kakkanen, who they added at the trade deadline kind of as an Aiden Hill replacement when he got hurt. And then they had Hill himself. Out of those three guys that kind of shared the San Jose Sharks net, Hill actually had the worst save percentage out of those three guys. So, he fared the worst kind of in the similar environment to those three guys, Kakanen and Reimer, but his uh, goals against average was the best out of those three. So I thought that was interesting just to kind of compare those three and how they were faring uh, last year, kind of more advanced numbers. If you want to dive into those kind of paint, I would say a similar picture of a guy who's, you know, okay, decent, decent NHL goaltender, um, but not great. Not a guy to get overly excited about. Uh, He was 78th among uh, 119 goalies. In goal saved above expected last year according to uh, the website moneypuck.com uh, just for reference in that same you know kind of category uh, robin leonard was 18th uh, logan thompson was 42nd persois was uh, 59th so hills coming in behind all those guys in that metric but goalie metrics are very much in the eye of be- the beholder because you know going to natural stat trick which has a very similar stat uh, called goal saved above average uh, you know, Aiden Hill is basically almost a dead average. He's 58th among 119 goalies. And Leonard in that stat was 52nd. Thompson was 30th. Brassois down at 95th. So the advanced numbers kind of, you know, depending on which ones you want to believe, because it's just very hard to evaluate goaltenders because so much depends on the environment around him. Uh, but I think both kind of statistics portray, you know, Aiden Hill as you know, decent, obviously solid NHL guy, but not a guy that you probably want to overtly rely on and not a guy that you're expecting kind of star quality uh, production out of. Uh, He does have one year left on his contract with a uh, $2.175 million cap hit. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season, which makes sense for the Knights. They have him for this year when Leonard is hurt and then he'll be off the books next year when Leonard is ready to come back. Uh, One thing to note, I mentioned that, James Reimer, you know, was a guy that has been speculated about could potentially, you know, be a guy the Knights went after. Uh, instead, they go after a guy that was in the same net as him in San Jose. One thing that may have made Hill the preferred choice for the Knights over a guy like James Reimer, who is older, he's in his you know mid thirties, while Aiden Hill is in his mid twenties. Uh, Knights goaltending coach Sean Burke uh, was the Arizona Coyotes' assistant general manager and goaltending coach uh, the year before. They drafted Hill in the third round in 2015. Uh, So there is a connection there. I don't know for sure. Uh, The timeline is a little fuzzy whether Burke was officially still with the Coyotes for the 2015 draft. I believe he was not. He might have left the organization by that point. But obviously, he had, I think, kind of spent the whole year probably setting the goaltending agenda for the Coyotes. So I think it's still notable that the Coyotes, after Burke had kind of been with them, a lot of the lead up to that draft, Ended up taking Aiden Hill. It seems like he's the kind of guy that uh, Burke likes, has time for. It's also worth noting that uh, Sean Burke's son played junior hockey with Aiden Hill, so there's also a personal connection there. And in my, you know, conversation with uh, Bruce Cassidy, which I included in, you know, one of our stories about Aiden Hill uh, at reviewjournal.com, Cassie mentioned that you know Sean Burke kind of had like a good book on Aiden Hill, so they relied on his knowledge quite a bit to give him some inside information on you know, why they went out and targeted him. So I think that if you're kind of curious, hey, James Reimer was sitting right there. Why did the Knights go after Aiden Hill instead of him? I think, you know, one of the answers is potentially Sean Burke's got a better idea of who Aiden Hill is. And thus, that might be kind of a tiebreaker where, you know, why don't we go for this guy who seems to fit the mold of what Sean Burke kind of seemed to be scouting for when he was with the Arizona and Coyotes. So that's what Bruce Cassidy said, general manager, Clay Kerman, of course, also talked about adding Aiden Hill. Here's what he had to say about the trade.
0: For size, athletic ability. I think if you look at his body of work, he's had a lot of starts over the last couple of seasons against top 10 teams. And uh, I don't know exactly the rationale behind that, but uh, uh, that's how it's played out for him. And he's played well in, the, in those situations. So that's, uh, you know that's what we see when we uh, when we look at the uh, at the goaltender. Uh, you know he's you know 25 years old. He's uh, at a good age. I think he's got uh, room left in his development curve to uh, you know continue to uh, improve and impress as uh, as a goaltender.
1: So that was General Manager Tommy McCrimmon talking about this trade. Uh, I think you know, like I said, it's pretty clear kind of who Aiden Hill is in terms of you know. You know, Okay, not great goaltender. He's still 26, though, still could have room to improve. We'll see whether he's able to kind of take the next step with the Knights. Um, But I think then going now bigger picture from just the move itself, I think we have to ask, what does this mean for the Knights, their goaltending outlook, and obviously what it means for their kind of potential as a team? I think for me, it seems to boil down to the Knights are kind of hedging their bets a little bit with what they said they were going to go with, the Logan Thompson-Laurent Brassois tandem, with another guy that's kind of in that same range. I mentioned on past episodes, even when talking about you know, James Rammer as a target, that I wasn't quite sure whether they are going to go after a guy like this, a guy that I think raises the floor. I think you should feel more confident that the Knights, through some combination of these three guys, are going to get decent production from their goaltenders this year. Um, but it, this is also not a move that raises their ceiling that much uh this is not i don't think aiden hill is going to all of a sudden vault the knights into the jennings trophy conversation you know basically this is not a guy that's going to take them from you know what might have been a below average goaltending group to all of a sudden you know a top 10 probably um now i did kind of say i didn't think they would make that move for a significant asset and i think a fourth round pick ultimately is not that much to give up if you take a goalie. For instance, in the fourth round of draft, you're really taking off a flyer on a guy. So I think it's, you know, potentially a good bet that Hill, even in a one season with the Knights or is going to provide more production than, you know, potentially whoever you would take uh, as with that fourth round pick. So I don't think, you know, it's a huge price to pay for the Knights just to kind of solidify their floor a little bit. Uh, I think it's also worth pointing out Hill was actually traded to San Jose last offseason a year ago for a second round pick. So the Knights are kind of getting him at a discount compared uh, to a year ago um, but when you look at kind of what the knights said they're going to go into last season with just about a week ago and then kelly mccerman said on the aiden hill uh, trade zoom that basically they didn't think that they're going to be able to get something done nothing seemed to be on the horizon and then just a couple phone calls with san jose general manager mike greer flip things and all of a sudden aiden hill kind of became an option and so they brought him in uh hill of course i mentioned there's two other goalies there and capo Kacamin and James Reimer. So San Jose did probably have to move one out before the year. And it seems like the Knights kind of took advantage of that to be like, we'll take, you know, one of your guys. And this is a guy out of your three that we want to target. But, you know, heading into before they made that move, the Knights had Logan Thompson, who's played, you know, 20 NHL games, 50 AHL games, got a lot of promise, but not a lot of track record. So I think if you're the Knights and you really want to make the playoffs uh, again, after missing last year, that's, I think while they think very highly of Logan Thompson's potential, that is still a limited track record to kind of bet your entire season on. And then you've got Laurent Brassois, who's coming off uh, off-season hip surgery. You're not sure when he's going to be available. And then he too made a career-high 21 starts last year. So you're not potentially expecting Brassois to give you you know, a ton. If you're mapping out Laurent Brassois to make 40 starts for you next year, I just don't think that's probably in the card. So it makes sense to bring in another goalie. Who can eat up some of those starts? Who can share the workload? And then this way, the Knights too can feel pretty confident. I think that they can map out a lot of their 82 games with some combination of Thompson, Bressois, and Hill, and not have to rely on a guy like Michael Hutchinson that much, who was potentially going to start the year you know, as a backup, and then potentially if Brissois was ready, be the third goaltender throughout a lot of the year, uh, despite being a guy who was available on a you know one year basically minimum contract. And everything. This gives the Knights, you know, three NHL goaltenders that they can mix and match and feel comfortable that they're going to get decent uh production out of. Not outstanding production, like I said, I don't think anyone's winning, you know, the Jennings are getting Vesna votes here, but you can feel decent enough about all three of these guys without relying on any one of them to carry the load for you necessarily, which is not something based on their track records that the Knights should be expecting. Them to do So, like I said, as a hedge bet, uh, this makes sense. I also think in terms of, you know, why this move happened, you know, was this something that the Knights needed to do, uh, which I briefly mentioned last show when you're we talking about the Phil Castle thing, how the Robin Leonard going on uh, long term injured reserve eventually uh, kind of situation was going to have to work, which is that it's advantageous to the Knights in terms of their salary cap accounting to either spend Robin Leonard's kind of $5 million cap hit that they you know will get in relief when he goes on long-term injured reserve, either all in the off season or all during the season. You can't split that up. You can't do a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. It's either you spend $5 million before the season. If you're the Knights to make up for that loss, or you can spend $5 million during the season, whether it's trades at the deadline, trades before the deadline, you know, whatever you want to do there, you have to pick kind of one lane or the other. The Phil Kessel signing last week, Obviously, sent them down the path of even of those only a million and a half dollars of going down the we're spending this money now lane. And so, obviously, I think it makes sense that if that's the lane they chose, and I'll kind of get into a little bit, you know, what the repercussions of that might be. But if that's the lane you're going to choose, then you absolutely need to keep spending. You need to use up that cap space. And so, the other position that the Knights needed outside of secondary scoring, which they hope they acquired by signing Phil Castle was obviously a goaltender. So it makes sense that then, hey, they went out and got a goaltender. Now between Kessel and Aiden Hill, the Knights are spending like approximately $3.7 million of Robin Leonard's kind of $5 million of
0: long-term injury reserve.
1: Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town, at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. Cap relief, they can make up that other money uh, based on, you know, depending on the size of the contract Nick Hay gets, how many extra forwards they carry on the roster, because as I talked with Bruce Casti, you know, guys like Jake LeCision, Jonas Rombier, and Paul Cotter all are going to be competing for spots on this roster because they're all no longer waiver exempt. So if they don't make the NHL team, they'd have to get sent down to the minors. So it might benefit the Knights to keep one or multiple of those guys Around is like extra forwards, even the 13th, 14th forward. So that money can get used up that way. But like I said, it makes ultimately makes sense if the Knights were going to spend money on Phil Kessel to then go spend the money on someone else. And they decided that guy was Aiden Hill. So I think that's, you know, another kind of reason why this trade happened now and why they decided to make a move for a goalie now and get a guy that was potentially available in Aiden Hill. Um, now because it's kind of a use-it-or-lose-it situation. If they don't make the move uh, for Hill and they're afraid that someone else is potentially going to snap up one of these three goalies from the San Jose Sharks, then there's probably not a lot of other places they could go to get a goaltender to fill some of that cap space and make sure that they're not kind of putting it to waste. So I think that's kind of why we saw the timing of this move right now. Why I think, like I said, it made sense for the Knights to do this trade if they've already just, you know, done the Phil Kessel move, which, of course, had already happened. Now, in terms of the potential downside or repercussions, as I kind of hinted at earlier, um, what I've already said, and I think this is true, is that the one thing this doesn't do is raise the ceiling of the Knights all that much. Uh, Aiden Hill, like I said, 906 save percentage last year, Uh, you know, not fantastic not a goalie who's going to blow you away but a goalie who's probably just going to keep you in games a little bit but not steal um that many so the knights their goaltending was a huge question with logan thompson laurent berçoise being kind of the only uh you know really experienced guys that were likely going to get the bulk of the starts on this team the fact that you add aiden hill i think makes the knights probably feel a lot better that they're going to be a playoff team this year it certainly i would say raises their odds of being a playoff team next year they probably i think were already very much favored to make the playoffs but that should now even go up in terms of they should feel very confident about their way to get into the dance because one of the potential ways that they could fall out of the mix again is if the goaltending faltered well now you have kind of more insurance you know another leg to stand on here to say like we're going to get solid enough goaltending to get us through the season what i don't think it does however is, you know, raise the odds of the Knights being a Stanley Cup contender, a true kind of elite team that's going to almost certainly be in the mix deep in the year. I don't think this particularly gets them that much closer to, you know, the Colorados of the world. Teams like that. If you thought the Knights were a, you know, playoff team that probably wasn't going to go deep before the Aiden Hill trade, I think you feel better about them going to the playoffs now. And your opinion about whether the Knights are going to go deep in the playoffs or not, I don't think should ultimately change that much. Uh, the other repercussion of making this move now is, like I said, the Knights either need to spend this money now or wait to spend it later. They chose to spend the money now, which means I think there are a lot less questions going in about what's their secondary scoring going to look like and what their goaltending situation going to be like. There's less... You know, downside there, are like risk in terms of they have hedged their bets with the goaltending. They've added a guy who's proven he can score goals at the NHL level in Phil Kessel. So those look like less problem areas going into the year. But the Knights, because they now come pretty close to spending the cap space they got with Robin Leonard potentially going on long-term injury reserve, now have used that up and now they can't use it to potentially upgrade the team During the season. So, when it comes to the trade deadline, because they're going to be in long term injured reserve this entire time, and that means that they're not going to be able to kind of build up cap space throughout the season like a lot of other teams will be able to do, there's not going to be that much, if at all, room to maneuver when the trade deadline comes around. So, if we get to the trade deadline and the Knights are still kind of looking what they appear to be right now, which is a very good team, a team that should make the playoffs, you know, potentially be in the mix in the Pacific Division and could win a round or two, um, but doesn't look like it's they're on the elite tier of kind of Stanley Cup contenders. There's not going to be a lot of avenues to bump them up a rung now. That's what this move uh, kind of has as a downside, is that now that flexibility is lost a little bit. And so this kind of appears that this is going to probably be what the team is for the majority of the year. Um, things obviously could change, but for the Knights to open up flexibility to do something at the trade deadline, if they are indeed still in the mix at that point, it's going to take someone else getting hurt and going on long-term injured reserve to open up more money. Or it's going to take them shipping someone else out in a trade to bring someone back in. It's not that like they're just going to be able to make any sort of addition uh, they want. So that's kind of the opportunity cost of this trade for Aiden Hill. And it's not just, uh, as I've tried to hopefully establish here, it's not just the trade for Aiden Hill. It's kind of the Hill-Kessel moves in tandem The Knights have decided to make those secondary scoring and goaltending moves now as opposed to at the trade deadline. And what that probably has done for them is that they've, I think, locked themselves into a higher floor where they can feel much better heading into the year saying we're going to be a playoff team. But they probably are going to feel less good now and potentially even at the trade deadline of like we are in this upper echelon of the NHL kind of deal. Uh, The other question that this move is going to raise is what happens at goaltender if you have all three of these guys healthy in Thompson, Brassois, and Hill. Now, as I've tried to establish, you know, based on the fact that Thompson's got a limited uh, track record in the pros, even though obviously what he's done so far has been extremely impressive, you can't really have asked for him to do much more in his first couple of years in the Knights organization, but he still hasn't you know, made all that many appearances in the NHL. And Brassois and Hill, who have been in the NHL a while, have not established themselves as kind of workhorse goaltenders. So the fact that, hey, how are we going to divvy up playing time between all three of these NHL goalies, uh, when only two of them can dress in every game, might end up being a moot point in terms of, you know, you're not looking at Brassois potentially being available to you all year based on his track record. Same with Aiden Hill. In all likelihood, this problem is going to solve itself. Um, But it does have the potential to be an issue where you have to maneuver around having three NHL-quality goaltenders when only two of them can dress and obviously only one of them can play each night. It makes for an interesting dynamic that Bruce Cassidy is going to have to juggle with all of these guys. It is worth noting that Logan Thompson is waiver-exempt still. So Logan Thompson can be sent down to the American Hockey League without having to go through waivers, without any other team having the chance to claim him. Um, the only issue, of course, would be I think uh most fans and probably even the Knights themselves would admit like they don't want Logan Thompson spending a lot of time in the American Hockey League uh next season based on what he did last year down the stretch for the Knights. They want him probably getting NHL games, not only just because he has the chance to be a quality NHL goaltender based on what we've seen, but I'm sure the Knights would like to find that out for sure. Like I said, he's only played uh 20 in his career. And you're not gonna find out whether he can be an NHL goaltender by sending him back to the miners and getting him time there. But spacing that out will be kind of interesting because he is the one guy that has the maneuverability to go up and down. So if Brassois is healthy sometime early in the year coming off his off-season hip surgery, we're not exactly sure uh, what exactly his timeline is to return to the Knights. But if he does get healthy early in the year, uh, it seems, I would say, probably likely that in that case, maybe Thompson has to go down just because he's the guy that can go down. And then they roll with Hill, Bressois for a little bit and kind of, you know, in the back of their minds expect at some point one of these guys is going to need some time off. And then we'll bring back up Thompson, you know, and kind of say like, look, like it's probably not going to look good in the short term that we have Thompson in the minor leagues. But, you know, Hill and Brassois combined have never started more than 42 games in an NHL season. So that still leaves even if they max out their career highs again. At leaves 40 games for Logan Thompson. Uh, and I think that's probably what they're thinking of. You know, it looks weird on paper that we have three kind of NHL quality goaltenders, but we think this situation is going to work uh, itself out. Uh, Cassie also in my conversation with him talked about, look, we don't want to give Logan Thompson too much too soon. Uh, he's obviously very promising, but it would be a lot to go to a guy who once again has only played 50 American hockey league games and 20 NHL games, uh, incredible as they were, they're very strong games. Like I said, I don't think you can say Logan Thompson has not done the absolute most with his opportunities in the organization so far, but it would be a lot to be like, look, based on your 20 NHL games, you're now going to start 55 for us or 60. You've got to be that kind of workhorse for our team. I think they don't want to quite throw all of that on him at once. and so. I'm they want to temper playing time expectations, I think, for Thompson a little bit, so they're not throwing him completely into the deep end of the pool before they're absolutely sure he's ready. And you know, based on the fact that I Thompson's obviously expect to, expected to start the season in the NHL, if he performs really well, maybe they do decide you know for a couple games or a couple starts, maybe he is ready for the deep end. but I, I think you can understand the logic of them not wanting to necessarily open camp. With that, or have that be the plan A coming into camp, and maybe Thompson does prove that he's ready for that uh, as the season goes on. So, like I said, it could be an interesting dynamic with all three of them. It might solve itself. Not exactly sure. But here is what uh, Kelly McCrimmon did have to say about you know the Knights potentially keeping three goaltenders on their roster.
0: Those things will all sort themselves out with uh, training camp. Obviously, uh, head coach Bruce Cassidy's input, along with our goaltending coach. Uh, Sean Burke. Um, you know, again, uh, th- those weren't decisions that we were making. Uh, you know, th- th- those weren't, that wasn't part of the decision making process uh, to acquire Aiden. We wanted to have another NHL goalie in our organization, was uh, the thought process behind it. Uh, when you look at uh, injuries, look no farther than our own, own organization over the course. Uh, of a season when you look at the National Hockey League last season at the number of teams that battle injuries at that position when you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs last year and see the teams that had uh, backups playing in Stanley Cup games uh, in a lot of cases, uh, number three goaltenders playing in Stanley Cup games. It's a position where, uh, you know, adding another NHL goaltender uh, we thought was uh, was prudent and a good decision and a good choice. Uh,
1: the good news, I would say, is that you know, even though those guys are probably going to be competing in training camp, be competing with each other during the regular season for playing time. It does sound like it's going to be you know pretty friendly. Uh, one thing that was interesting that Aiden Hill on his kind of Zoom call talked about is he's actually known Logan Thompson since they're 10 years old. Uh, Logan Thompson's from the Calgary area. Uh, Aiden Hill was actually in the Calgary area when he found out he got traded. He was on a golf course. He was on hole eight of a, a planned nine hole uh, day and basically got the call. Sunk or got a putt really close to the cup and then was like, all right, I better walk off the course and start telling people. Uh, but they do know each other. And so I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. You know, they have been to middle school. They're, I think, going to have probably an easier time than maybe some goaltenders that are kind of forced into this situation uh, of coexisting with each other, of pushing each other in probably a healthy way. Uh, here's what Aiden Hill actually had to say about kind of competing with Logan Thompson in trade. <laughs> say that some of the best goalie competitions I've had is when your friend's off the ice and you compete on the ice. It makes it a lot more fun and hopefully at the end of the day you push each other to be better and it results in team success. Uh, So that'll be kind of a fun dynamic to keep track of of how those two guys are interacting with each other and stuff. It's kind of a cool wrinkle that you know those two know each other so well and they're going to be the nice two primary goaltenders in training camp in the preseason and it'll be interesting to see kind of how things shake out, uh, in training camp between the two of them. Um, so those are kind of the, the big breakdowns of the Aiden Hill trade. Moving on to some other stuff before I wrap up here. Once again, I mentioned I got a Bruce Cassidy uh, interview that I did uh, earlier this week. That's up at reviewjournal.com. Uh, it was all about kind of how he and his family are adjusting to Las Vegas, uh, got his thoughts on obviously the moves the team has made recently and the competition that's going to take place. At camp this year, uh, like I said, one thing that he did mention was Jake LeCision, Jonas Rombierg, Paul Cotter, those three guys who all got time last year, a significant time in the case of LeCision and Rombier. Uh, all three of those guys are not waiver-exempt, so if they don't make the opening night roster, they will be you know available for other teams to grab. So I think he's like, we have to get a big look at those guys and see whether they can push to make the roster. And then it's as of now uh, with Nolan Patrick, not necessarily expected to be in the year with the team, have kind of 12 NHL forwards, but it wouldn't be, I think, a shock to see them start the year carrying 13 or 14 with decision, Ron Birkin, Cotter, some combination of one or two of those three guys, you know, on the team because they have made a good enough impression to the club that the Knights don't want to risk losing them. So I think that was uh, an interesting insight into our conversation. And then one of the other ones, which I think make the rounds and, Uh, obviously speaks to what I just got to talking about with the goaltenders is that Cassidy did say that the opening night starter job is probably Thompson's to lose. He's like Logan Thompson obviously ended the net or the season in net last year. So obviously he's coming into camp kind of in front as the guy that should be starting that opener against the Los Angeles Kings on October 11th. Now Cassidy did hedge that a little bit saying, Hey, if Laurent Bressois gets healthy, that could change things. I think uh, particularly what he could be hinting at there is once again, if Laurent Brassois gets healthy and he's available for the start of the regular season, that probably means he's on the NHL roster. Aiden Hill is on the NHL roster. And maybe that means Logan Thompson is starting the season in the American Hockey League. But as of right now, that doesn't seem like the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario appears to be that it'll be Thompson and Hill to start the year with Brassois coming along probably a little bit slower from his off season hip surgery. And being ready sometime, you know, toward the beginning of the regular season, but maybe not at that opener. And so it's going to come down to between Thompson and Hill for who gets that first start. And like I said, Cassidy mentioned uh, that it's likely Thompson in front to start. And then we'll see kind of how things go from there. Uh, We talked about, like I said, a lot of other stuff. Uh, He had a lot of things to say about the goaltenders and the goaltending situation. So I'd encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, at re- re- reviewjournal again I can't say that word today, but uh, my interview with Cassidy is up there. Plus, I included a lot of his thoughts and kind of insight into his goal goaltending uh, thoughts on an Aiden Hill story as well. That's up on our website. If you check out both stories, I think there's a lot of things you guys can glean from both. Uh, the other thing to quick mention is that we did get a brief update, Knights nice captain Mark Stone from Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, you know, just to state what McCrimmon said. Stone is back on the ice. He's skating. He feels good about how his back is progressing, obviously, in May. uh, Mark Stone had back surgery uh, because of an injury that kept him out for more than half the season last year. Uh, Everything is basically on track for him so far to be ready for the regular season. Now, what that means in terms of exactly what point he'll be available in training camp, the preseason, or maybe whether he'll be available exactly for October 11th. Uh, that is still up in the air. That is not something that has been said or established or been known yet. Uh, he still has a lot of hurdles to clear in his rehab, uh, and I think it makes sense that uh, Kelly McCormick did not provide a clear timeline because it is a back surgery. Like it is tricky. It is you know there is a lot of hurdles to go through, and maybe just one day it kind of acts up again, and you just don't know what happens. But uh, as of right now, there is not an exact time frame for when Mark Stone is expected to be with the Knights in tournaments, training camp and the preseason, just because there's still a lot of steps he has to take to be fully cleared uh, to play hockey again. But with, there have been no setbacks in terms of this recovery from the surgery. And it is expected he'll be ready for that October uh, 11th opener. Um, I mentioned all this because uh, I asked McCurman about it because it did be kind of a thing a little bit Monday um, because of an NHL.com story uh, that was later kind of modified and it was about Jack Eichel. It mentioned that Stone – uh, was expected to miss training camp. And it was later kind of clarified. And like I said, McCrimmon said it too of, you know, he's expected to be ready for the opener. Uh, we're not sure what his availability, exact availability, looks like for training camp yet, just because he is still a decent ways away from being able to play in a game. But like I said, no setbacks or anything. There has been no negative news, at least the Knights are saying, on the Mark Stone front. Um, just the timeline is we, they believe that he'll be ready for that opener. They don't know what it looks like uh, before then. Uh, so we'll ultimately have to see what happens day one of training camp, whether Mark Stone is on the ice uh, with the team, if he's not, if he's on the ice but wearing a non-contact jersey and kind of see where things go from there. Uh, but that's the latest uh, on Mark Stone. Uh, has, you know, his skating is progressing, still a ways out from being able to kind of fully... Rejoin the team, and we're not sure exactly when that will be, but no kind of setback or anything as of right now has occurred. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Golden Edge podcast. Once again, we are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports, we are presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Once again, please check out uh, all our written work at reviewjournal.com. We've got a lot of stories up this past week and in weeks before because this team keeps doing stuff which means we keep writing about it so uh, make sure you check out everything we've got for you guys there uh, we are also presented by blue wire and if you guys could a great review subscribe uh whatever you want to do to this podcast please do it we would very much appreciate it uh, i'm ben goats this is the golden edge podcast we'll talk to you guys again real soon